You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. On the 1st of February 1934, South African Airways began flying after the South African government took over the assets and liabilities of Union Airways, an airline founded by the father of civil aviation in South Africa, Major Alistair Miller, in 1929. The airline, under the control of the South African Railways and Harbour Administration, was renamed South African Airways, SAA. On the 29th of September 2020, SAA was placed under care and maintenance uh, after years of mismanagement and corruption and laboring under the weight of a global airline shock from the coronavirus pandemic. The story of SAA is often told through the lens of its cost to the fiscus and the ballooning taxpayer-funded bailouts, but there is a far more human story underneath all of that. One of pilots who uh, have, uh, as young boys and girls, dreamed of walking into Airways Park, uh, the head office of South African Airways, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And recently, Captain Alex McPhail, SAA cargo and passenger pilot and ex-Silver Falcons pilot, the uh, Elite 5 pilot uh, acrobatic squad, entered Airways Park for the last time to return his luggage, uniform and permit. Alex, welcome to the show. What sort of emotions were you filled with as you handed in your SAA uniform for the last time? All right, Michael, thank you for having me and for the introduction. I did not leave as the rank of captain, although it was an aspiration. I was a senior first officer in the end. But yes, the day was a a mixed emotions day. I certainly woke up with the knowledge of what I was about to uh, enter into, having spoken to some friends and colleagues who'd gone through it days before. And I knew that it would be somewhat tough, but I was, I was prepared and you know, it had been months since I'd made the decision and the, the day had finally come. So I woke up confident and uh, went to work standing up straight and uh, as soon as the process started, handing back the, the, the luggage, the uniform, going in to do the paperwork, I took the opportunity to take a walk through the simulator section, a place where we spent a lot of time and uh, a lot of emotional effort and uh, mental ability, etc. place of great learning, but real the sort of the, the sharp end of where pilots iron out their skills. And uh, the simulator was quiet. I turned the lights on and I went to sit down just to have a look one more time. And that's where it sort of caught up with me that this was, this was real, that I'm actually leaving. And that this was a, a place that I'd spent a lot of time, uh, the company had become a family, 12 years there. And I was sad. I was sad for what could have been, what should have been, what has been, what was a lot of fun, uh, thinking about the great trips, the great places, the wonderful equipment, but mostly the people. You know, we had great relationships and some really wonderful, wonderful staff not just up front on the flight deck, but all the way through the airplane, ground staff, the support staff, a real great uh, organization to have worked for, a privilege to have been there, but certainly was a bit sad by uh, sitting in that simulator. Uh, I can imagine amongst all of your, your colleagues and friends that you've made over the years, have you always dreamed of being a pilot and one day flying for SAA? Was it a childhood dream of yours? No, I suppose it was a bit of a the typical fairy story of a, of a young boy. Um, when I was very small, my father was living in the UK and um, my sister and I would travel every now and then a couple of times over the five or six year period and uh, we'd travel as six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds and always go up to the front of the cockpit and we used to fly on South African Airways. It may have been that some of the people that I flew with when I first joined the airline were very junior pilots at the time and now I was flying with them. We never quite got to track that part down but certainly, um, yes, from a young age and uh, from a, being a teenager, formative years, went through the process of trying to figure out a way to become a pilot and joined the Air Force, got some great training there and spent 10 years there also making good friends, good connections and great learning. Flying out of Valhalla. Now, you, you were recently part of the four-man crew who flew to the Philippines, I believe, to collect uh, PPE to help in the COVID fight. Uh, what are some of your fondest or most interesting memories among your missions as a, a cargo and, and passenger pilot? 
Uh, well, if you, if you talk cargo, immediately it comes to mind that uh, we also did these uh, non-scheduled routine, non-routine non flights where uh, a company would have a, an unusual piece of cargo. And one of the trips we did a couple of years ago to Madagascar was to help in the anti-malaria or stopping malaria campaign. I think it was sponsored by Bill Gates or that, that organization anyway. But we took a whole cargo plane full of mosquito spray. Unusual destination, don't normally fly there, and unusual cargo, and uh, that was nice. We also took a, a lion up to um, Entebbe, that was very nice, in uh, Uganda. Uh, Simba the lion, there was a big fanfare taking him off the airplane where he was no longer woozy and started to react a little bit in this little box. Um, some of the, the passenger trips we did, there's been some memorable ones too. Uh, at the World Cup last year, the quarterfinals, the Springboks were doing quite well on their flight, in their, um, uh, their match, and we were getting airborne. And we got news over the airwaves that this was a flight from Johannesburg to Cape Town. We got news that they'd won, they'd beaten Japan. And uh, I made an announcement on the, the aircraft, and I walked through the airplane. I had my Springbok jersey over my uniform, and we're walking through, making a video, just celebrating the victory, celebrating South Africa, celebrating the progress. And this was obviously a Saturday afternoon, and so there's a lot of uh, relaxed people on a weekend trip to Cape Town, and uh, they joined in the festivities. So that's a highlight. But also going to Airbus in Toulouse last year, getting trained on the latest, greatest airliner, the Airbus 350, sent out there for two weeks to be trained at the home of Airbus. Wonderful organization and a great privilege to be trained by the manufacturer on the most advanced airliner in the world. But it does show, I think, in your story how much uh, national pride uh, was still uh, involved in flying uh, with the, the national colors and the livery on the tail. And, and that's really what, what SAA represented for so many people. From, from your vantage point as a pilot, uh, what do you believe lay behind the downfall of the once proud national carrier? Uh, well, Michael, you know, there's lots of, uh, lots of things that have gone on. And certainly this COVID pandemic at the end is, has been quite a crunch for, for a lot of people, the travel industry particularly. But anything, any industry that involves lots of people in one place, like an airplane or a hotel or a conference room. And so, uh, you know, around the world, 50 to 100,000 pilots are out of work, 400,000 plus aircrew are no longer working. So we really are in a difficult position. But take this opportunity now to say, well, what else can we do? We're not going to sit around and wait for, for someone to make your, your life back to normal. You have to take that opportunity now and, you know, get off the couch and go and look. The airline's not going to phone you. Your uh, travel agency is not going to phone you right now. What else can you do? So I want to share some of the stories that my friends and colleagues in the airline have been up to. There's people that are upskilling themselves, becoming bicycle uh, technicians, mechanics, doing training there. And uh, they find themselves in a group of people that are all learning new things, having been displaced out of COVID. There's people that are now making sort of wooden bry furniture and, and getting creative and selling items to just uh, try something new, upskilling themselves. We've got training organizations which have developed out of uh, the skills and the, the resources learned out of uh, airline flying and now they're presenting that at a business case so people are getting up to creative things you know they had their art streak that was in them they were painting and now it's become a full-fledged thing there's there's some real wonderful stories and it's great to see that people are going for this challenge and, and making a go of it now well alex uh, it, it certainly is a, a phenomenal story one unfortunately that, that didn't have the ending that I'm sure you or many of your colleagues uh, would have hoped for. Who knows, maybe the airline can still be saved, but we certainly salute you and all the SAA staff and pilots uh, for your service to the country over the years. Safe travels. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thank you. That was uh, Alex McPhail, SAA cargo and passenger pilot and ex-Silver Falcons, who's hanging up his SAA uniform for the last time.